This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I am joined by Matthew Sutica, who is the Chief Insurance Officer at Obi. Obi are a specialist landlord insuretech business based out of Chicago, but Matthew joins me from Florida today. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Yes, thank you for having me. Yes, we are. We do have our headquarters in Chicago, which we like during the summer months, and, <laughs> and we're now going into where it's better to come down to this office here as we get into Lovely. winter times. Yeah, beautiful time of year, I'm sure. Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Before we get into the the meat of the questions, would you mind giving our listeners a little bit more of a insight into your career and really the steps that led to you joining OB? Absolutely. So my role is the longtime insurance person of the our e team or our, our you know our founder group or our partners of uh, OB. I've started in the captive world. I own a state farm. Then I went ahead and built my first version of an insure tech, which really wasn't because I didn't have uh, engineers and product and all these things. I had just me and a, and a Mac, but I went and built a independent brokerage for a large real estate company called Century 21. And at that time, it was my first uh, education in the space of how do I take a lead and get a digitalized insurance product with maybe limited to no communication using data. Uh, and then that led me to taking it one step further. I started helping and con consulting with a lot of the new InsurTechs that were the InsurTechs 1.0, the Lemonades, the Hippo, the Openly yeah. space. And then I was fortunate to meet Aaron and Ryan, who were the original founders of Obi, and was able to kind of take what I was doing over at Skylight and you know put some gasoline or kerosene, whatever your choice is for a good <laughs> fire, and jump into it and actually get the engineers and the product and and have the backing and really work on that space. So I joined uh, OB in 2020 and been yeah. helping Aaron and Ryan and now a team of close to 100 people build our insure tech products on the real estate side, specializing in the one to four unit uh, space. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I mean, it's, it sounds like quite a smooth journey, but obviously starting out at Date Farm and having your own agency there and taking that decision then to move into InsureTech must have been a big decision for you at the time and potentially some, some risk involved there. Do you mind sharing how that came about and what was the motivation? Because presumably you had a, a nice agency, a nice book of business there at Date Farm. Yeah, it was honestly, in most people in my life at that time, it was a crazy decision. You know, we were, you know, not only a nice agency, we were their number one at the time, fastest new growing agency. We were like a top 10, top 25 in production. I uh, had like 30 employees. So we were a big state farm, like we were, we were going, but really what made me leave was 
one, maybe a little bit of craziness, but more than anything is I just, I loved what I was doing that day. My dad had owned a state farm for 30, 40 years. So I knew the, I knew the business and I just didn't see that I could have the same career or same, you know, long-term that he had, right. When he started, it was hang your shingle. People will come. It was like Donald's or Nike. Like it was just a big brand, you know, that kind of thing. And what I saw was you need to have multiple opportunities, you know, or carriers for people. I saw that mm-hmm. technology was going to be a big piece. And I, you know, I also saw even multi-states and just really having the overall freedom. State Farm, I, n- I never have a bad word to say about them. You know, they were really good to me. It was, but really I knew I wanted to have a little bit more control and be like a true entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. so that journey was anything but smooth. I, I, I say it's smooth on here to keep it brief, but we, you know, I did scratch with state farm and then to just leave that, you don't get anything when you leave a state farm, you don't get to sell your book. You don't, you know, you get, you get more negative than you do money. I'll put it that way when you leave. And so most people in my family and my circle were like, yeah, why would you give up all this, you know, great salary, you know, and, and go do this. And it just was my, you know, dedication at that time that I wanted to do something bigger within the space. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was just really looking for that, you know, that next opportunity to really make a, an indent into where it was. And even when I was moving the, the insure tech space, wasn't really even there yet, right? It was, it was just about to come. Lemonade was just about to do their campaign about how, you know, brokers aren't fun and, you know, do this direct to consumer <laughs> thing, right? Really at that time, the, the only insure techs were the like progressive or Geico, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was where we were at technology wise at that point. So it's come a long way in the last, you know, five years. And, you know, I think the only thing that I see is just, if you really do have a passion or you do believe in it, you always find someone who believe you. I did have some, you know, certain yeah. individuals who did, and, and that was enough for me to make the jump and grind it out. And, you know, I'm very happy today, of course, hindsight that I did all that. It's, it's worked yeah. out pretty well. Yeah. Well, very entrepreneurial and obviously having that foresight as well to see not only how the insurance market's changing, but just how people's buying habits are changing and being able to evolve and move the times, I think is obviously very important and a huge decision for you, but it's certainly paid off there. Matthew, as we as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, what's your go-to coffee of choice today? Uh, iced caramel latte, uh, usually as big as I can get it, uh, <laughs> is my, my go-to. Always been an iced over hot. Uh, yeah. when it comes to to a coffee and that definitely is the focus when you're in florida you don't want to be drinking hot coffee when it's 110 degrees absolutely i was gonna say yeah you're being in florida over there that's definitely acceptable yeah, <laughs> it sounds absolutely. like yeah it sounds like that'd be a good hit to get you going for the day brilliant matthew if we can turn to the business now we turn to obi would you mind giving our listeners a snapshot of where the business is at the moment in terms of locations, in terms of funding, maybe in terms of employee numbers, just sort of an overview of business? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, start out with location. Uh, we have about, let's call it 20% of our staff in Chicago, maybe 15, 20% down here in Sarasota. And then the other 60, 70%, you know, I might be off on a carry the one there, but the other the other percentage, right, is all is all remote all over the country, Remain. right? And, and we actually just added, as of this morning, our first full West Coast, California individual, at least for on, on my side for the sales team, you know, so we now have people in every time zone right. in the either sales or customer service role. So that was big for us. We're coming up, I don't know the exact number, but we're closer to 100 than we are 80. We're somewhere in that range, but we're 
as you can imagine, uh, we're hiring every single day and we're really, that's going to continue. I think we'll see a huge growth in 2023. We're in the midst of funding. I have to be careful on what Aaron and Ryan can share, but we we're in the midst of, you know, trying to raise our series B, which if, you know, if we're successful, that will really, again, put some gasoline or kerosene on our growth and hiring people. You know, clearly we're, we're at a really nice spot with our company is that we're doing our B out of uh, the want to grow and not out of the need to survive, which I think is key. So we're able to, you know, if we're lucky enough to get this, you know, series B to go through, we'll be able to really just do things that we weren't able to do or, you know, hire more people, bring in, you know, different positions and different roles to really add to what we're already doing, right. you know, because we do run our company in a very efficient way. And a lot of that was, you know, my story I shared where I brought the brokerage over into OB. Aaron and Ryan were super smart wanting to do things a little different in the insure tech space mm-hmm. instead of just mm-hmm creating an insure tech and then immediately dollar one is an expense. They're like, let's let's bring in some revenue. Like what is mm-hmm. that going to hurt us? Let's bring in things that are already driving revenue. Let's have a book of business. Let's have insurance people who already know the space. So they did a really good job of their vision of I call it, you know, there was insure tech 1.0. And there's the 2.0. I think Ryan and Aaron, our founders, are really like the insure tech 3.0. They're like it's profitability, it's worrying about claims. It's, you know, growth with partnerships. So they've been doing a good job there with that. That's kind of our our focus to answer your question is uh, we are really striving to grow in the partnership space, like prop techs, lenders. And then our other growth area coming in 2023 that we just announced is we are going into the independent agent space pretty heavily now through, you know, into 2023. So we're pretty excited about that. Nice. Well, it's great timing, Matthew. This is actually our third iteration of our global InsureTech series. So InsureTech 3.0 goes Welcome well to the club. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Okay, great. So that's the business. In terms of the products, the the policies that you provide to your customers, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So our, our flagship product is a one to four unit rental product. So some people call it a landlord. Some people call it a rental dwelling. There's honestly too many names for it. We should just pick one, but no one has. So I'll name all of them. But you know, for those listening who need just a little bit more clarification in that, if you own a one, two, three, or four unit and you have a tenant and you actually own the space, you're our client. You know, we want to work with that landlord who owns that product and is a landlord. And we are in all 50 states you know, bearing a hurricane coming through. Right. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, you can go through our site and have a digital experience. We do have reps in house that can help you if you still want a little bit more of guidance. And then, you know, the last piece is that product. We're spending a lot of time with, I said, bringing it through the independent market and then Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of embedded. So, you know, being in somebody else's portal, offering our our product to uh, a prop tech or a a lender is, is also our other uh, where you can come yeah. to us. Great. So as you say, yeah, a, a rental insurance product, product for landlords, units, one to four unit. What, what are the benefits for those policy holders of choosing to choosing to insure with you, choosing to, to have a look at what you're offering as opposed to this sort of the traditional incumbent insurance businesses in that space? For me, it, it goes back to the reason why you would want to work with us is that I feel our ideal client is the entrepreneur or the small business owner right? If you own some rentals, you know, you, I always say you've probably done well in life or done something well in life because, you know, you have more income, you know, I won't call it disposable, but you have extra income that affords you the ability to go buy another house, right? Most people 
just stop at one house and that's their primary. So, you know, I see that majority of those people are then, you know, an entrepreneur, a business owner, or, you know, not really a landlord. And what comes with those people is time is money, right? Mm -hmm. Is everybody in that space, if I had to, you know, color them with one brush, is they're probably complaining about not having enough time than saying like, oh, I got a ton of time on my hands, right? So it doesn't come down to price with those individuals, right? Especially in this rental space, your high and low is really not that far off between if you shopped 100 carriers, there's not 100, Mm. but like, you know what I'm saying? So for us, what we really want to be is that ease of use where you are a landlord or a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you want to, you know, consider yourself. And you're either going to purchase a new one and you want to see what the price might be, or you just need to get something real quick, or you're at the closing table and, you know, you forgot to do everything but the insurance and you on your phone need to just get something real quick for closing. That's where we want to fit. You know, Mm -hmm. the person who's price shopping to try to find the $900 policy compared to the 950 Mm -hmm. isn't as much our target audience because, you know, I've always said this, I've been in insurance my whole life. You can always find something cheaper. It's just how much time do you want to spend doing that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, does that really help your NOI on your place? If you're spending five days trying to save 50 bucks, probably not. Right. You know, so we want to fit for the, you know, hardworking entrepreneur business owner that's, you know, got one property on up, and, you know, the last place is to why they would come for us is we can do large schedules as well. So if you start having 5, 10, 15, 20 and up, and mm-hmm. you want that, again, ease of use, you want that organization, that's really where we're going to come into play. Yeah. So they're, they're time poor people and they, you know, that, that potential income that they get from their rental properties, not the huge sort of driving factor for them investing. You know, it's probably for that long-term capital gain. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. In terms of the market at the moment, so obviously we've got big rising inflation, we've got rising interest rates as well. Probably both things not good for the rental market in general. But what do you see ahead for the landlord market and the insurance market with some of these rising costs and and with extra um, interest for people to be paying on their mortgages? Yeah. So it's kind of twofold between the lander landlord and then us on the insurance side. You know, mm. for the landlord. You know, it's one of those that I will see probably a lot more people needing to hold longer than we've seen. Well, a lot of people buying, hitting their, you know, hitting their performa right away within 18 months and then selling, you know, so again, you know, the the easy answer is you're going to see people raise rates and, you know, their, you know, their monthly rent, but you know, that can only go so far. Like eventually, you know, you can, you know, only go to a point where you're either competitive within the area or just, you know, eventually someone just not going to be able to, you know, potentially afford it if you go to a certain direction. So I think that, you know, at a time like this, again, it's like, what can you do to, you know, either optimize your time or bring in more income? So for me, I can only speak, you know, I, I'm a guy who owns uh, multiple single family rentals myself personally. And when I talk to my business partner, Nick, you know, right now we're not trying to concentrate on how we can squeeze costs or do different like that. We're trying to find ways to just bring in extra income by creating more time, you know, doing different things. Like, you know, right now you can't refi to get more money, you, you know, because mm-hmm. the interest rates are higher. You know, you, you either raise rents or you, or you have it by now, you know, it might not be a good time to sell. So it's like, what can I do to lower my exposure over, 
you know, the maintenance or the property management of them. You know, maybe I'm looking for a digital experience right now where I'm a locked in fixed cost with a, yeah. a digital property manager, right? Might be something I would look into. And then the last is people get so stuck on like, I'm a landlord who has 30 properties. And the only way I make money is if I have enough rent that's over my expenses. And it's like, no, 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 you're an entrepreneur, right? Like find, you know, ways to create additional funds. In the stock market world, they call it cashing up right? Like when you need to be cashing up, so you're ready to deploy, right? And I think a lot of people can do that in the real estate space too right now is how can you find ways to cash up, even if it's driving Uber, you know, I'm not saying to do that, but you know, entrepreneurs, I see that really love the space and really love being an entrepreneur. They thrive in these times and they're Mm going to set themselves up for the next. And as much as you don't see it in the moment, Times like this, the dips in the market, the different things like that. This is really where the the good deals are bought, the money's made. You just mm-hmm. have to work a little harder and go. And you know, I'm on a soapbox at this point, but that's what I see from the landlord is probably calling up your insurance person or your property manager or your lawn cutting person and trying to get a discount. Like it's probably not the method because they're going through the same problems. That gas is more expensive for the guy cutting the lawn or the gal cutting the lawn. Like they can't lower their price. The property manager is running into the same issues you are. And then insurance, we all know the market, like the insurance market is in a bear market right now. The the prices are not going down. If anything, they're increasing. So you got to kind of look outside the box. So that's my advice from Mm -hmm. a standpoint of the landlord. As it relates to the insurance side, we're in a unique position that depending on the market it's in, it's just how we obtain customers. When we're in Mm -hmm. a market where insurance is cheap or people are, you know, and are not worried about the price of insurance, things are going good. You know, you're acquiring a lot more through, you know, new purchases and those type of relationships from lenders who are trying to close. And then in the other space, you know, if things are tight, right, you're really then acquiring customers because they're coming to you for, for help, support, knowledge, savings of time, like how help organize, right? Like, Hey, Matt, I know you might not be able to save me on my hundred properties, but you can get them to one effective date where I don't have to worry about insurance once a year. And the other 11 months I can go do other things. I can drive that Uber car. Like that's a value to me. So mm-hmm. the, the best of the best in the insurance space, I think, again, just like on the real estate side, do a good job of building their customer base within the bear market, within the the tougher times, because they can really show their value outside of what Progressive and the little Geico did for years, where it's, you know, 10 minutes and 15% or 15 and 10%, whatever their their slogan was, right? In the bear market, you can't rely on price to win you clients. You have to rely on other items. And that's where you really see the separation between a good insure tech or a good broker, same as on the real estate side. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, such a fantastic answer, Matthew. Very, very entrepreneurial. I think anything that you can do to save time for people when people are time poor is can far outseed the actual expense itself. And, and people see a lot of value in that and, and are drawn to that as well. That's fantastic. Brings us nicely onto the espresso round now where the questions are short, sharp and straight to the point. So yeah, I know you like that. your, is it caramel latte that you have? It is. Uh, it is a latte. Caramel latte? And- and now I I could use a shot of espresso as I actually my my next drink because I can't drink more than one full ice latte. So if the office is going for that like later coffee round and I've already yep. had it, I go to just the shot of espresso. So this this podcast and this interview is it's like it's like my daily life, right? It's the iced coffee and then the espresso to to finish the day, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll go straight to it. We'll go straight to it. The espresso round. 
Matthew, how many people are you looking to grow the business by over the next 12 months? I think we'll bring in another 25 to 50 in the the next uh, 12 months, at least. Great. I know probably some of that is depending on on that Series B that you've you've got coming up there. What are the cultural values that you're looking to build as you grow? You know, I want to, we want to continue. So Aaron and Ryan are are brothers. I have brothers and family at the company and I couldn't tell you 100% how we accomplished it, but we've been able to, in a very large growing company, instill this very like family good feel across where people like actually like, you know, kind of connect on that level, even if they're now not a brother or not you know, a direct relationship. So that's really the culture. And again, I think it just started with, you know, potentially just how we acted with each other. And then people kind of felt that close, but you know, the amount of times in Slack, I get asked for pictures of my one-year-old by like new employees or, you know, different people. And so that's what I hope continues past a hundred people is that we can have explosive growth. We can be this company that's all over the place and remote, but like somehow in the core of it, you know, running through the ice latte is this feeling of like actual real connection beyond a salary, beyond, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. Like there is this general sense of caring. And and I think that goes to why we've had, I think we've had less than like five people since I've been around the company that have left the company. I think like two by our choice and three by like their choice. It's been a very small amount when you think of a lot of tech companies and different things like that. And, you know, especially in these times where it's a little easier to move and and change companies and you know and salary hop and everything like that we're keeping people and i think i I think that goes to kara who's in our people operations does a lot we we spend a lot of time uh working on culture doing things and i think more than anything it really uh, i call it with them you know what's in it for them Mm -hmm. that is our number one thing that we always talk about as a leadership team because it's so easy to put plans in place that is good for us with the, you know, the higher job titles or the, maybe some who have bigger equity or like that. Mm. But it's like, we always do the with them or the what's in it for them before we present anything, because if we're not presenting something that has something in it for the other employees, it's it's, it's not going to go well. And so we do concentrate on that. And it, it's been simple that way. And I think people, you know, respond to that, you know, they can relate and you know, people want a good salary. They want to grow. They, they do want to love their company, but at the same time, they, have their families and they got to take money home and and yeah. we're not we're not unaware of that you know and i think that's pretty key yeah and that's great to have that high retention rate as you've grown so quickly i think it's admirable really when you have you must have interviewed a lot of people across this period of time what tips do you have for candidate who are not family members what, what <laughs> tips do you have for i you know they they put me at a different spot in the interview so let me classify my role in the interviews i am I'm a chatty guy. I'm like the, once we like a candidate, they throw me into the, like the final interview. Cause I'm a great yeah. salesperson. And like, I'm going to make you want to come on and work for Obi, yeah. right? Like that's my role. I don't do as well in the first couple where you're doing the, tell me about a time and like really get, yeah. we have people <laughs> who are fantastic at those ones. I, I'm too chatty, too happy. And, you know, so anyways, uh, what I'm looking for, you know, in my tips is, you know, I, I love, I love, I do love research. I do love yeah. when, and not the like, get on the the interview and be like, I looked up this, this, and this. I love the person who can just casually within the questions and the conversation, just touch on things that I know that they looked up my LinkedIn beforehand. I know that they looked up a little bit about OB because that's what I'm looking for. Like, I love this company and I'm not saying you got to love it as much as me, but if you didn't put in a little bit of time, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, we're one of many. 
right? Yeah. And and that's okay, right? But if I'm going to pick between somebody, I'm always going back to our head of ops when I give my opinion. It's like that person, they actually really want this job. They, mm-hmm. they knew about it. It's important to them. They were able to stay wise. So those are the things I'm looking for. I've always been someone who... Uh, love someone who wants to just you know run through a wall and you know you give them direction. So I've always liked that in a characteristic. And then my last thing is, and it goes kind of off the first two, as you can see, is that you know insurance for us is a space that if you're interviewing for a certain role, you probably have the credentials and you probably fit the need. You know, I like when someone you know tells me you know a little bit about what they're going to do when they get on. I love that piece, right? Like. Hey, I've already thought about my first 30 days and here's mm-hmm. where you're going. So, and then the last is, and it's this most simple thing, but like, I love when someone asks for the role and tells me like, you know, like you'd be disappointed if, if you don't bring me on. I really yeah. see a good fit between us. Like, I love that little close and it's, it's, it's super important to me. So I'm, I'm sure if anybody interviews in the future and they've watched this, they'll probably do that now, but who really, really wants to, Yeah. You know, you get on and start telling me we're digitalizing uh, auto insurance. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. You know? I'm gonna get uh, but that's what, that's what I love about interviews is, yeah. you know, you're going to have the intelligence, you're going to have the background, you're going to have the resume. I got to work with you too. So like, mm-hmm. uh, show me your personality, show me, you know, who you are, show me what I'm going to be, you know, working with day in and day out. Right. And, and I think that's important too, you know, come with your, your best self. Yeah, and flipping it to other insurtechs out there, and then possibly we could be going down the, the sort of the same line of questioning here. But what hiring tips do you have for other insurtechs, other insurance businesses in the market? We're trying to grow quickly, but also hiring the best possible talent at the same time. I think, you know, yeah, that explosive growth with, you know, good people. I think it comes down to, again, not as much the choice of who you bring on, but the choices you make once you bring them on right? It's Mm. not that hard to bring someone on. What is really hard is to bring someone on and then lose them and then have to bring someone else on. Mm. So Mm. my tips actually for the insure techs is have an amazing 30, 60, 90 day program when they're, when that new individual is, Mm. you know, is coming on right for, you know, that person really everything that, you know, you want that interview E to do everything they told you that they are when they come on. But remember, you got to do the same. Right. Like you tell them what a great place OB is to work for or X insure tech, like let's make it a great place to work for. Right. Like, and you know, and everything you lined up and uh, really tips within the interview is, you know, again, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to feel them out. I'm a a person of like, I like to kind of read people, you know, I think really, you know, you're wanting to see the reasons why they're wanting to join your insure tech. I think that's, it's very simple for me, but it's like, if I know why you're wanting to come on, right. I can see your background. I can see the different like that, but if I know really why you want to be here, you know, there, there was a reason I shared that I wanted to leave my state farm and go mm. do that. That's why I was successful as I, I wanted it uh, probably more than my intelligence, like actually, yeah. right. Or my background, like I, I wanted it. And, and I feel that same way about, you know, employees and what I'm looking for is so if they really want mm. to, you know, they're, they're working at a state farm right now, or they're working at a, family or something. And they're like, I really see the future. I had a guy tell me this other day, I, I really, uh, you know, and he was a, a, a tenured gentleman, I'll, I'll say, but his thing was like, please don't write me off for that. He's like, cause I, I still see it. I want to be part of an insured tech so bad. And mm-hmm. to me, that meant more than anything on his resume that he yeah. sees the future and he wanted it bad and he's, he wanted to get there. And so again, uh, there's a reason they put me at a certain plot in the interview. I'm looking for different things. Uh, Because I I, I do think that is the biggest piece. Definitely. 
And I think that reason why, that why that people have, especially when you're hiring from the insurance market is is so key. You know, you can have someone with, with the best CV, the best resume in the world, but really finding out that why, you know, why do they want to give up that big company culture, that, that company that they've been at for a long time for a much more fast paced, high growth innovative yep. environment and you know why do they want to do that and i think that's that's so important and i think it's important obviously for candidates for them to get that across but also to be genuine there because it's not going to work out if someone's looking for a lateral move and they think moving to to an insurtech is gonna gonna be a similar role but maybe for some stock options or you know, yeah. maybe a bump in salary not going to be the way it turns out it's crazy the answers they will give you sometimes when you ask that where you find out yeah. if it, it is for the money or Sometimes like they say something that makes it come off where it does feel like they just think it's an easier role or, oh, I heard, I've had people tell me in like their own words, like, oh, I've heard insured tax on limited vacation, like and and ease and you get to work from wherever you want. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it. and there's, there's a lot of uh, insured tax out there. And I love a lot of the other insured tax. I got yeah. good friends and we're partners with a lot of the other insured tax out there. You know, I, I do think the tip is, you know, make sure you pick the one and also like why that insure tech, oh, I love real estate. Or I think, you know, redesigning homeowners insurance is cool. Like have a good why, like a why yeah. you want that insure tech, not just like the unlimited vacation and uh, get to wear Absolutely. a t-shirt and jeans. You know, if that's yeah. your reason, uh, you know, there's state farms that'll let you do that too now. That's the Instagram version of working at insure tech, isn't it? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the view you get. It brings you nicely on actually to the final question of the espresso round. Just going to ask you about some of those other insure techs out there. Are there any other insure techs out there that you admire? Maybe other insure tech in different parts of the insurance space. What are you seeing out there and yeah, why do you admire them? Yeah, you know, there is quite a few. I've, I've gotten fortunate to be part of quite a few of them, even at their like initial seed VC rounds. I really have always loved what Openly's done. Ty and Matt uh, over there, been having conversations with them before openly was even, you know, around and always admired that they were so precise that they wanted to be for the independent agent and that was it and have a little bit difference with their products. So I've always loved what they've done. They've expanded well. I have a lot of good friends that work for that company or have worked for that company and they do a really nice job with the independent agent force. So I've always liked them. I've always liked what Joe's done over at Branch. You know, we work with them on a partnership, uh, which is nice. And I believe you just had the co-founder on recently, Steve. right? Yes, yes Steve. Steve. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love what I love what they're doing. Clear cover. I got to see a little bit of what they were doing in Chicago, which mm-hmm. is good. You know, Hippo, Hippo and Lemonade, I, you know, I had some relationships on and off with them and, you know, they've had their highs and lows and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. within that space, but, uh, you know, little bit of connections even over in the ethos with the life insurance, but I've kind of been around a lot of them, either helping them maybe, or just conversations or maybe being the first brokerage. Uh, my, my brokerage Skylight was the one of the first that had a lot of appointments with them, including like Hippo. I did like a speed dating with the soft one time and it was like, I need your product. I can give it to these real estate agents. So um, I I think I admire all of them. I I don't think I have a poor word about any of them. I I don't have a poor word usually about most people, but uh, they're pioneers, right? Whether you're in the insured tech 1.0 bucket with, you know, lemonade and hippo and, you know, we wouldn't probably be here without them. Right. Like, so a lot of people forget that, like they 
you know, I don't always agree with every decision that they've made. Uh, I like the independent space, you know, and the independent agents a lot, but they were the pioneers. Someone had to do the Oregon Trail the first time, right? And, and you know, those individuals did that. And, you know, a lot of the InsureTech 2.0s got to learn from that. And that's what you're seeing with Branch and, you know, Openly and stuff like that. And they, you know, done. And, and then, you know, honestly, us over here in this, you know, 2 to 3.0 land, you know, there's one day, you know, that when there's 4.0 and 5.0, they'll be learning from us and our mistakes and, and everything. So, Overall, I love the space. I love the other insure techs and always pro helping them. And and I'd rather partner with them and, and do things. It's also why we picked the space that we're in yeah. is uh, we're kind of more Dropbox than competition. We can work a lot with a lot of the other insure techs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, like Openly Hippo, they, they're all kind of in the same, they're fighting over the same customer in a way. So that was other reason why strategically uh, I went over to work with Aaron and Ryan is mm-hmm. that I thought that, mm-hmm. you know, not only could we build a great company on our own, but we could be a great partner for a lot of these other insure techs in the yeah. space. There's a lot of collaboration available to you rather than, you know, a lot of those guys are competing against each other, obviously for the same market share. Yeah, that's really interesting. Matthew, yeah, we've almost reached the end of our time together today. Before we leave, though, would you have one piece of closing advice for maybe an insure tech leader or someone who might be looking to to launch their first InsureTech and how would our listeners go about contacting you or reaching out to you after the show today? Perfect. So getting a hold of me at, uh, after the show, I'll start with that because it's the easy answer. Uh, yeah. You can get a hold of me on any of the social media platforms. I'm the only Matt Sudica there, there is, or at least that I know of. Uh, you could also go to uh, obrisk.com backslash partnerships and get a hold of us there or, or email. And then to your, your more important question, of you know what advice I would have. The first is is very simple to do it right. Best decision I ever made was taking the leap and joining Aaron and Ryan. InsureTech is the future of insurance, and what for a lot of people they'll stop right there and think like, oh, that means no State Farm, no Travelers, no, and it doesn't at all. I think that what you'll see is just like you saw with the old school uh, broker and the lemonade of the world. There eventually mm-hmm. finds this nice middle ground where you know brokers need technology to help their clients. These tech companies need the brokers to get customers in a, a better ROI, right? And I think you're going to see the same thing with uh, the space with carriers, right? Uh, these big behemoth carriers are going to need you know the tech, and so I could see a lot more of a, a State Farm calling an OB up and saying, "Hey, you know." Let's, why don't you come be our rental arm or, you know, a far, yeah. or whatever. So that's my vision. So I think you want to be in the space. If you're, you're, if you can get in to the insure tech space, um, it really is the next chapter. It's, it's our version of uh, crypto, if you will, right? Like we're yeah. going to bring a lot of the technology and whether we're standalone carriers in the next mm-hmm. 10, 20, 30 years, or whether we're, uh, we're helping these former big, you know, carriers be more nimble, Either way, it's going to be the future in, in some capacity. So, you know, be a part of it. It's a lot of work, uh, but it's very re- rewarding. And uh, for those of you who've been in the, even in the, you know, the independent side or the captive side for years, you know, it's not too late, right? Like no. that's that's the key is if you have an idea, you have a ton of knowledge. And I know at least at our company, we would we would love to, to meet you and different things like that. But yeah, I think more than anything, I, I think it's a space that is also even though it's tech, it still is, has insurance aspect and it keeps us mm-hmm. in that, what I call the uh, uh, death taxes, alcohol makeup group, 
where <laughs> no matter what journey we're on over the probably the next 50 or 100 years bearing an apocalypse or you know something crazy there, there's going to be an insurance need and uh, you just want to continue to stay in the best yeah. spot of providing that yeah and i think timing wise it's an absolutely brilliant time to be joining or, or or starting an insure tech business the sector as a whole is certainly maturing but we're nowhere near that point yet where those large companies have got it all figured out themselves and there's higher barriers to entry than there are at the moment so there's a great time to innovate and a great time to really show that you can enable the insurance industry help the industry and and, and essentially help the customers and the policy holders transfer risk and as we as we go through potentially more unsettled times we'll wait to see uh, what's around the corner of that but um matthew thank you so much for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the coffee house time has certainly flown by we're almost almost at the end of our hour today matthew but it's been brilliant to talk to you and yeah we really appreciate it perfect thank you so much for having me absolute pleasure and to all the insure tech leaders all the insure tech entrepreneurs out there wherever you're listening around the world we thank you for joining us today i'm sure you would have gained a lot of great valuable learnings and insights from what matt's had to say today if you did enjoy the show please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week and if you'd like to be a guest on the show or would like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on linkedin until next time i've been nick codley this has been the insurance coffee house global insure tech series take care You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.